Welcome to 1-800-GODS-LOVE. I'm your host, Lamika Odom. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to another episode of 1-800-GODS-LOVE. Before I get into the episode title, let me catch you all up on what has been going on in my life. It has been a hot minute, almost been a month. I think the last time I aired an episode was January the 23rd, and it is now February the 21st. Um, Let's start with my son. My son recently had surgery on both his eyes. He had LASIK on one eye, which was done in the office of the doctor, the eye doctor's office. And then he had to go to Presbyterian Hospital to have surgery on the other eye. This news was unexpected. He went in for a yearly eye exam and they found what they call Latisse degeneration. It had something to do with his retina tearing. One eye, they was able to go in and weld um, the tearing back together. That's what was done in the office. In the other eye, where he had to go to the hospital, they had to put what they call like a buckle around his eye. When I got this news, I got it through a text message, which totally shocked me. I immediately called his girlfriend to figure out what was going on because I was unaware of all of this. Long story short, he is now back home. He's He was here at my house for several weeks, but he is back home. God did what only God can do. Um, during the waiting time, though, while I was in the waiting room waiting, I actually, actually, whenever they took him back, I went outside and sat in the car and ate lunch. And when I got finished eating lunch, I went back into the waiting area. And I noticed, I don't know why, but for some reason, sitting in the waiting room of a hospital, I don't know, it just does something to me. It's not no... It's an uneasy feeling, I'm going to say that. And I noticed myself feeling uneasy. And I remember telling my friend that I should have stayed in the car to wait. However, when the procedure was over, the doctor called and said everything went well. But he noticed that there was some unusual bleeding during the, during the operation, which was not normal. And he asked me if my son had sickle cell. I said, no. He asked me if my son ever been tested. And I said, no. He said, well, I would like for him to get tested because that was unusual for that surgery. So I got off the phone with the doctor and I said, well, while I'm sitting here, I can go ahead and call his doctor's office and schedule an appointment for him to be tested for sickle cell, which is what the doctor asked me to do. Well, before I was able to do that, the doctor called me back and said, don't worry about calling and scheduling an appointment for him to be tested. We're going to test him here. We'll draw the blood, send it to LabCorp. And when he come in for his follow-up visit a week later, we should have results. So I said, okay. I got off the phone with um, the doctor. And while I was on the phone with my friend, I I started breathing heavily. And I, I, I started getting emotional. But at the same time, I knew that I had to go to God in prayer. So I had to get myself together in order to go to God in prayer. So I went to God in prayer about what the doctor said. Um, I got a family member. I had a family member who had sickle cell. So I know a little bit about the history. So I was not even receiving what the doctor said. Even though I was going to call the doctor's office and schedule an appointment for him to be tested, I wasn't receiving what the doctor said. So I started praying and talking to God. And I told God, I said, he's, the doctor said that he had some unusual bleeding. I said, he's an unusual child. He's not no normal child. I said, so there was some unusual bleeding. He's an unusual child. I said, but he does not have sickle cell, nor does he have the trait. And I spoke those things and I believe those things. And I also said that whenever the test came back, the test was going to be negative. Not only because I know my God, but 
to me, if my child had sickle cell or sickle cell trait, I would have learned that earlier on, not whenever he's 19. Well, long story short, he went in for his follow-up and the doctor said that the test was negative, which is a praise report. I said I'll let to say this. Sometimes we get sometimes we hear news that we don't want to hear. Sometimes we experience things that we don't want to experience. However, during those times, be mindful of what we're saying. Be mindful of our words. Know who you serve. Know how powerful your God is. And know it doesn't matter what you come up against or what you face, that your God is bigger than anything that you will ever come up against or what you will ever face. Now that I said that, let's get into the topic. The topic of today, the topic of the episode is don't judge a book by its cover. And this title I said the topic, the title. This title came about through my bonus mom, my dad's wife. Um, so in the beginning, when I found out my dad was dating a new lady, my mindset was this is another woman that's gonna come in his life and it's gonna push us farther away. Um, some of you already know, some of you may not know if you haven't heard the previous um episodes, but me and my dad did not have a good relationship. We were not close at all. I was close to all his siblings growing up, but we did not have a relationship. Me and my dad did not establish a good relationship until I lost my grandfather, his dad, back in 2018. So we never had no relationship. So when I found out that he was seeing another woman, and obviously he was serious about it because she was meeting family members and coming around, I just viewed it as this is another woman that's getting ready to come in his life and it's going to push him further away from me. There's going to be another gap in between us. Nothing positive at all um, came to mind when I found that it was another woman in his life. Um, very judgmental. I, I am going to say that. I feel like I was very judgmental. I didn't know her. I didn't know anything about her. She reached out to me and my sisters. She wanted to take us out to eat and wanted to take us to get, I think, pedicures. Um, just trying to get to know us. But at, And I went, me and one of my sisters went. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, it was like nothing positive. I Honestly, I didn't have anything positive to say. Now, keep in mind, I didn't know her. I don't think I knew what's her name. Didn't know where she was from. Didn't know if she had any kids. I didn't know anything personal about this lady. All I knew was it was another woman coming into my dad's life. And every woman from past that came in was not a positive thing when it came to me. It was nothing that I seen good come out of it. So. Yeah, I was judging her without even getting to know her. And you know when they say don't judge a book by its cover, which basically means don't look at a book and judge it by what you see on the outward, on the outside of the book. You have to actually read a book to determine if it's a good book to you or not, or to determine your opinion. And one thing about God is God always looks at a person's heart. While we as humans look at the outward appearance of people, God looks at the individual's heart. So I'm gonna share a couple of Bible stories. I'm going to share a couple Bible verses with you all, and then I'm going to incorporate where my relationship with my bonus mom went now that she's my bonus mom, because of course she wasn't in, but now her and my dad are married. I I, I don't know how long they've been together, but anyway, I'm going to share um, our relationship now compared to where it was in the beginning when I was judging her without even knowing who she was or knowing anything about her. Matthew 7, and these are all from the New Living Translation. Um, Bible. Matthew 7, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. It says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. 
for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. So the word is telling us, do not judge others. And I tell people all the time, I'm nobody's judge. God is everybody's judge. That's what I tell people now. I ain't going to say all the time. That's what I tell people now, because before this is not where I was walking. Let me just keep it real. Before I used to judge people by what they said, what they did. But at the end of the day, we are nobody's judge and God is everybody's judge. Verse three says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own, own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So this verse is basically saying, how are you going to be worried about the speck in your friend's eye when you got a log in your own eye? You need to take the log out of your eye first before you can even see how to get the speck out of your friend's eye. And then Luke 6, verses 31 through 36 says, do to, others as you, do to others as you would like them to do to you. You've heard people say, treat people the way you want to be treated. That's, that's what I get from that verse. Verse 32, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. So here, what I'm understanding from this is basically you, you're doing the same thing that the sinners doing. What make you different if you're doing what the sinners doing? Verse 35, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to, expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the most high for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate as your father is compassionate. So we're supposed to love our enemies. We're supposed to do good to them. And if we lend, we're not supposed to be expecting to be repaid. Most people, whenever they want to borrow money, they say, can I borrow $20 on Friday? If we let them borrow the $20, we expect to get the $20 back on Friday because that's what they said. He said the Bible is telling us to lend to them without expecting to be repaid. So we shouldn't even be respected. We shouldn't even be expecting to be repaid. If they say they're going to pay us when Friday comes, they pay us. If they don't, they don't. If they don't pay us because we weren't expecting to be repaid, we shouldn't have no attitude to get mad because we weren't even expecting to get the money back. And then verses 32, verses 37 through 42 says, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and pouring, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind lead another? Won't both won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher. But the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Verse 41. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? 
How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the, the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So basically, right here in Luke, it's basically reminding us of what Matthew said. So he basically saying the same thing. You sit up here trying to get something out of your friend's eye when you got a whole log in your eye. So deal with your own issue first before you try to go and help somebody else with their other issue. Now, John 8 verses 1 through 11 says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in, a, in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? So they don't tell him that the law of Moses says to stone her, but then they ask him, what do you say? Verse six, they were trying to trap him into saying something that would they could use against him. But Jesus stooped, stooped down and wrote in the dust with his fingers. He kept, they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you. No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. So this, this one right here, like this verse, right, this, um, this scripture right here is really like, this is amazing. I mean, I like it. It's amazing. The reason why I say that is because they don't found a woman, don't caught a woman in adultery. Adultery is basically when you're married and you having some type of um, romantic or intimate relationship with somebody outside of your spouse or the person you involved with may be married and you may be single. That's adultery. They marry and you having some type of intimate relationship with them, some type of relationship with them that their spouse can't know about. That's adultery. So basically they caught this woman in adultery. They bring them, bring the woman to Jesus and say, what do you say? The law of Moses say the stoner, what do you say? They're trying to trap trap him into saying something that they could use against him. He starts writing in the dust on the ground. Now, I don't know what he was writing, but if I just think about it or picture it, something that he was writing, he could have been writing the sins that he knew that they, have, that they had did. I don't know what he was writing, but it said he started writing in the dust with his fingers. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Now, we all know that none of us is perfect. We were born in sin. Jesus is the perfect one that walked the earth. So the fact that nobody, the fact that none of them was without sin, couldn't nobody throw a stone at her. And Jesus was basically saying, you bringing her to me because she don't committed a sin, but y'all don't commit sins too. Regardless, it might not have been adultery, but you still don't commit a sin. So I'm going to tell you this. If you won't want her to be stoned, the, the one that ain't never sinned before, go ahead and throw the first stone. Couldn't nobody throw no stone because they all have sinned. Now, I said all that to say this when it comes to my bonus mom. Now, remember I said that I all I knew was her name, didn't know nothing personally about her. So, 
I was judging her based off of things that I had experienced in my past. Healing is very important. And I'm going to do an episode on healing. But I want y'all to know that healing is very important. And when I do the episode on healing, you're going to understand why I'm saying this. But I was judging this woman that my dad was dating at the time based off past experiences that I had encountered growing up with other women that had been in his life. Didn't know nothing about her besides her name. And I, I had already made a prediction of what was going to take place. I had, it was already in my mind of what was going to play, take place, not knowing what God had in mind or what God had planned. But I made a decision and passed judgment on somebody that I didn't know. James 4, verses 11 and 12 says, Don't speak evil, don't speak evil against each other. Bear brothers, dear brothers and sisters, if you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? So like I said before, God is everybody's judge. It's not our job to judge people. It's our job to love people and allow God to do what God needs to do in people's lives, regardless of what's going on with them. You don't know people's walk of life. You don't know what they be don't you don't know what they be don't experience. You don't know what they be going through. It's not our job to judge people. I have gotten to the point now I used to be in my family, I ain't gonna say I used to be, but my family, we are very opinionated people. Like we have opinions about everything. Um but one thing I've learned Cause I used to see people and they would have on something and I didn't like it. And I would make a negative comment. I had to start reminding myself that what an individual wear is none of my business. If they got it on, obviously they like it. I don't have it in my closet because I don't like it. That's not my style. But just because we don't have the same style, don't give me the right to judge them because of what they picked out and decided to wear. That's their business. It has nothing to do with me. And I have to remind myself that if I see somebody and I see something that I don't, like it's not my style or my taste, and I want to make a negative comment or say something negative, I have to remind myself that's none of your business. And when I remind myself that's none of my business, then I won't say anything negative. I'm, I'm learning to... I talk about how powerful our words is. Well, I'm also learning to don't, if they, they say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So when I don't have anything nice to say about something I've seen, I have to tell myself that's none of your business. When I tell myself that's none of my, my business that prevents me from saying something um, ugly or something mean or something negative. Romans 2 verses 10 through 13 says, so why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before judgment, before the judgment seat of God. For the scripture says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bind, bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Which basically means every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead, decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. So we shouldn't be out here condemning nobody. We should be mindful that God is the judge. He's everybody's judge. There's no reason why we should be out here judging people based on where they're at in life, based on what they got going on or what they're currently doing. Because like I said before, you don't know what somebody has been through. 
Romans 12, 16 through 18 says, live in, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And then Matthew 12, 36 and 37 says, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. So the word idle means empty, insecure, or exaggerated talk. We, gonna, we will have to give an account of those words. The words you say will either acqu acquit you or condemn. So they're going to either set you free from criminal charges or they're going to condemn you, which basically means express complete disapproval. So be mindful that when it's our time to stand in front of God, we will have to give an account of everything that we have done here on earth in these earthly bodies. We will have to give an account of that. And I know a lot of times we don't think about that when we're getting ready to do something or when we get ready to say something or when we're getting ready to gossip about people. We don't think about, well, one day I got to stand in front of God and I'm going to have to give an account of me gossiping about this individual. We we just speak and get the gossiping, um, catching each other up on what we don't heard. But the Bible says that we will have to give an account on judgment day for every idle word we speak. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10 says, So whether we are here in the body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So again, we will all have to give account of the things that we have done here on this earth in this earthly body. Now, getting back to my bonus mom. So like I said, didn't know anything about her. Today, I will say that what I was prejudging her on in the beginning compared to where we're at now is totally different. When I tell y'all God is strategic, and I've said this before, he is very strategic about individuals he placed in your life. You may not understand it. You may not know why, but he is very strategic. And I told her this on... I, it wasn't on her birthday. It was whatever day that my dad decided to do a, um, he did a, a drive-through parade for her birthday. And I told her, I said, I got emotional driving when I was talking to God after I left. I dropped off um, whatever I had got her for her birthday. And I was telling her, I texted her, told her, I said, I got emotional talking to God and thanking God for placing her in my daddy's life. I told her, I said, God is so, ama God is so amazing. And thinking back to day one, when I learned that she was in my dad's life and where I was at in that present moment, God knew all along who to place in my dad's life and who my daddy needed in his life when it came to me, when it came to his oldest child. And I say that because me and my bonus mom, we have a personal relationship. We have a close relationship. My dad has said several times, you talk to her all the time. Y'all talk all the time. Had I, I would have never thought that we would be where we're at today. But I say that God is strategic because getting to know her and her getting to know me, on a personal level, we have both realized that we have both experienced some of the same things. And when I say some of the same things, I won't go into details because it's not my place to share nobody's story but my own. But when I say we have experienced some of the same things, she because we have both experienced some of the same things, she has been able to 
help my dad when it comes to supporting me on what I have experienced. We talk a lot. We talk a lot. There's things she know about me. There's things I know about her. But when I say God was strategic, it's because he knew who my daddy needed when it came to his relationship with his oldest daughter. There's no other woman that has been placed in my dad's life that has brought me and him closer to where we're at now. And God was all in it because like I said in the beginning, I was judging this woman without even knowing if she had any kids or knowing where she was from. All I knew was a name and my dad's new girlfriend at the time, who's now is my bonus mom. But when I say don't judge a book by its cover, don't do it because you never know and not only that, there's things that we judge people on without even knowing what's going on in their life. Um, in the early beginning of their relationship, there was things that I was judging this woman on and I was speaking, judging my bonus mom on and I was speaking on that I had no idea of what was going on in her life. Like it wasn't until we got to know each other on a more intimate level, on a more personal level, that I was able to understand, okay, now I see why she don't do this, that, and the third. Now she understands who I am and why I move the way I am. You don't, unless you get to know somebody, how can you judge them based off of outward? Like like I said, God don't look at our outward appearance. He he goes off our heart. He looks at the motives of our, of our heart. He looks at um the inside. While everybody else judging us on the outside, we we spend so much time getting our hair done. We spend so much money getting our hair done, getting our nails done, making sure we got that right, right outfit and the right shoes. But if if we put that much time and investment in being transformed on the inside, it would appear on the outside. But we have it so confused that well, we would rather spend money and time getting all fixed up for the outward appearance, not understanding that it's the inward appearance that count. And when it comes to my bonus mom, I thank God for her. I, there's There's been times where we've communicated about things and she probably has no idea of how much she's helped me in areas where I'm just at an all because God decided to place this woman in my dad's life. And he knew what he was doing. I, I say it all the time. He's strategic. So God knew exactly what he was doing. And he knew who my daddy, who, he knew who my dad needed that would help him when it came to his, when it came to his oldest daughter. And so when I say heal, and I was going to do an episode on healing, I am, but it's very important to heal because if you don't heal, you will take things that you've learned growing up and that you've been exposed to growing up and you will live them out in your adult life. And that don't make it right. Just because this is the way you was raised and this is what you've seen growing up, that don't mean that it's right. If it's not, if it don't align up with the word of God, it is not right. I don't care who taught it to you. I don't care if big mama taught it to you, if your grandpa taught it, it doesn't matter who taught it to you. If it does not align with the word of God, that does not make it right. If it does not come into agreement with the word of God, it does not make it right. And a lot of times we grow up in an atmosphere, we grow up in an environment, we see things growing up and we take those things and start implementing them in our lives. And then we pass them on down to our kids because this is what we saw and this is what we taught. But that don't mean that it's right. One thing I've learned in being in the mental health field is how a person is acting, there's a reason behind why they're acting. We call kids bad all the time, but something, if a kid is displaying aggressive behavior, something behind that is causing that kid to display um, aggressive behavior. Some kids engage in aggressive behavior because they don't been molested. You, 
you don't know. You have to get to the root of the problem. And if you don't get to the root of the problem, then you can't, the problem can't be healed. And a lot of people want to hide things instead of confront things and bring them out into open. God can't heal what we hide. That's one thing I've learned. He cannot heal nothing that you are trying to hide. You have to bring it out and you have to go to God and and therapy is not a bad thing. Our, my cultural therapy, people getting in your business and they, when you hear somebody in therapy, you hear somebody going to a therapist or somebody going to a psychiatrist, our culture say that people are crazy. If they got a therapist or a psychiatrist, they're crazy. Therapy is very important. Therapy is a part of self-care. I'm a therapist and I'm in therapy myself. So I don't, when I listen to people talking about how, and I, I ain't gonna say I've not, I've always thought therapy was beneficial because I didn't because whenever I was growing up that is not what I was told I was told whatever going in the household stayed in the household don't don't be telling people at the school my business and blase this that and the third but now that I'm an adult now that I'm more mature now that I'm in in an intimate relationship with God now that I'm more focused on self-love and self-care therapy is important if you got any type of trauma that you're dealing with therapy is important but I said all that to say this everyone Never judge a book by its cover. You never know who who may cross your path or whose path you may cross. And you sit and turning your nose down at an individual because they're not acting the way that you act or they don't do the things that your family do or they the way they act ain't what you used to. That don't mean nothing. That don't mean nothing. That don't mean that they're a bad person. That don't mean that they're acting funny. Unless you get to know a, a person personally, you can't judge or pass judgment. You shouldn't be passing judgment on anyone, period, because God is everybody's judge. We're nobody's judge. But like I said, that's what we do. That's We talk about people. We gossip when something going on and they ain't never coming around. It's always something negative to say when you don't even know. Have you even called the individual to see how the individual was doing? When the last time you don't checked in on the individual that you hadn't seen at a family gathering or whenever y'all have girls night, or the guys go and hang out. Everybody show up but that one individual. But instead of one of y'all reaching out and checking, we like to gossip. They don't never show up. They don't never come around. But we don't know the reason behind the reason why they're not showing up or why they're not coming around. So please stop judging individuals because they're not doing what you used to your family doing or because they're not doing what you do. Just because they're not doing what you're doing or not acting the way you act or showing up to every event doesn't mean nothing negative you don't know what's going on with them how about reaching out to them or not only that even if you don't even want to reach out to them you could say a prayer to god about the individual there's a lot of things that i haven't been showing up to there's a lot of places i get invited to that i don't show up to and i know i mean we talk people don't show up you, you get talked about so what we what we got to learn is if somebody is not showing up, okay, that don't mean nothing negative. That don't mean they being bougie. That don't mean they being antisocial. It could be a thousand reasons why that individual didn't show up. They couldn't be, they may not be feeling good. Or maybe God told them to stay at home. There's done been a lot of things that I wanted to show up to. And God told me, no, I need you to be at the house. I need you to sit home and I need you to sit this one out. And yes, I question God, like, why? That's my cousin. Like, I give him all this. That's my cousin. I mean, I can see if it was such and such, but that's my cousin. But then I realized after I was obedient, I, God revealed to me the reason why he needed me to stay at home, the reason why he needed me to be alone, because it was something he had to put in me. It was something he wanted me to, he wanted me to get. And he knew that if I would have been where I was, where he told me not to go, I wouldn't have received what he had for me. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to end this episode. Father God, I thank you for your word.
I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you're doing in me, Father God. Um, I thank you, Lord, that I'm growing in you. I thank you that I am maturing. I thank you, God, that I'm not the girl that I, the woman or the young lady that I was when my dad first met my bonus mom. I thank you for the growth. I thank you for the closeness that me and her have now. I thank you, Father God, for revealing to me why she was the one, revealing to me why she was the one. I, I thank you, God, for just who you are. I pray, Lord, that this episode doesn't fall on deaf ears. I pray, Lord, that people will put their pride to the side. I pray, Lord, that people will understand that just because a person don't do what they used to see done in their family or in their, their friend circle doesn't mean that the person is weird or crazy. Or I pray, Lord, that people will be more humble enough to say, okay, such and such haven't showed up or we ain't seen such and such in a while. Maybe we should pray for. I pray, Lord, that instead of gossiping, Lord, that it would be prayer. I pray, Lord, that instead of passing along something that somebody has heard, I pray, Lord, that when somebody hears something, first of all, if it's gossip, Lord, I pray that we stop them in the midst and say, I don't want to hear it. If it's gossip, I don't want to hear it. Keep it to yourself. But Lord, even if they do decide to entertain the gossip, instead of speaking on what they're hearing, Lord, I pray that they pray not only for the gossiper, but I pray for the person. I pray that they pray for the person that's being gossiped about as well, because your word says for us not to judge. You are everybody's judge. And at the end of the day, each one of us have to get a give an account of what we have did in these earthly bodies. And I know it's easier said than done because when when we out in the world, we're not thinking about, okay, well, when God come back to get me, I'm going to have to give an account of what I'm about to do. We don't think about that. We just react. But I pray, Lord, that we will start slowing down and be mindful of treating people the way that we want to be treated. We hear that growing up all the time. We, we I've heard that growing up. Treat people the way you want to be treated. I pray that we will be mindful of that. Not only is what we teaching our kids, but as, a, as an adult, as adults, I pray we'll be mindful to treat people the way you want to be treated. And just because you're not hearing from somebody like you used to, or you're not seeing somebody like you used to on every scene when the family has something or when you're your guy friends going out or your female friends going out just because they're not showing up doesn't mean anything negative because at the end of the day we don't know what other people are going through we don't know what struggles they may deal in what battles and struggles they may be facing but we do know lord that we can come to you and say a prayer for that individual god i love you and i thank you all these things i ask in your son jesus name amen